So we were just up in uh, Traverse City doing some teaching up there, having some interviews, quite a few of them actually. And uh, the topic there was, for both talks, we have two talks there, was uh, uh, giving and receiving. And I haven't quite worn that topic out yet, so we're back at it. More giving and receiving. And lots of giving. There's giving advice, which I'm not in favor of, even though it might look otherwise. There's giving some kind of support, encouragement, all kinds of giving that have uh, have the the uh, quality of ha taking something you have and giving it to someone else and actually you uh, get rid of it. Like here, let me give you all of my uh, recycling because I know you like to do that. So I thought I'd have you do it for me from now on. So there's all kinds of ways that, that uh, those giving and receiving work and the way I have been talking about recently, the last few weeks probably, is um, the kind of generosity that is quite often overlooked, sometimes underlooked, sometimes ignored altogether, and that is give everything, everyone, your attention. Give your attention to everything. Actually look at what is happening in front of you. Look at what is happening in your mind. And then the other part of that is receive that. Don't put up obstacles to what is coming towards you by having ideas, opinions, judgments before the situation even shows up. We're already saying, well, I don't need that. Well, that's incorrect. Well, that shouldn't be happening. A constant uh, array of objections, interpretations. Anytime you interpret anything, you actually prevent it from being what? What it is. It doesn't need your interpretation. So don't give it your interpretation. That's not exactly... Uh, generosity. That's more like promoting yourself. So by giving everyone your attention, giving everything your consideration, your attention, uh, you may not feel particularly good because you're expending your own energy to, to look, to listen, to hear, to, to actually receive ideas that are happening around you from others, from the world. I often say, don't, don't ignore the news, even though it's painful to watch. Do a little bit of that, a little bit of just receiving, paying attention to it, and then just receive whatever comes without anything extra, without adding anything to it. And there is no guarantee at all that, this will, that you will feel more clear. You might feel more confused. And so the way we can practice doing that is to being, being very attentive and very observant is when we're sitting on the cushion, holding very still, facing the wall, watching what continues to move in the, in the mind stream, going this way, going that way, uh, by just giving that your attention by, without adding anything to it. That's what needs to be done. Later on, you can add, subtract, divide. But while you're on the cushion, insofar as you can, train yourself. Don't, it's like, don't take the, the blade away from the sharpening stone over to the vegetables before you're through sharpening. Kind of a dumb image, but, it's, but there's something to that. Don't, don't necessarily be sitting, trying to, endeavoring to, um, putting energy into training the mind to see more clearly and immediately go into some kind of discursive uh, sidetrack. That being said, if you find yourself spontaneously going into some kind of a sidetrack, and you might have to just, what, observe that. You might have to just receive that. You might have to just 
watch that way that your mind is working to uh, go there. And it might, might also show up, if you just look at it, the motivation behind that. You might actually see it. You might not see it by searching for it, but you might see it by doing nothing but receiving. Nothing but giving your attention and receiving what shows up. I'm just using these concepts to encourage you to do what? Train your mind. That's what I'm trying to do. I could just sit up here and say, train your mind. Okay, now train your mind. Any questions? How do I train your mind? Sit down, give it your attention, and then whatever happens, receive it without adding anything to it. No interpretation. The interpretation that we lay on anything that is headed our way is more about protecting our self-centeredness from what? From being wrong, from absorbing ideas that are incorrect. Very difficult. It's rare to meet someone who is clear, even though it's easy for us to see how confused everyone is. Very hard to see our own lack of clarity. And I'm chuckling about that because that's true about this person also. I'm not particularly free of that. So, but what is important is to be able to see, if you can see the way in which you're missing the point, the way, the way you're misunderstanding, don't correct that. Because the correction looks more like a cover-up than an actual adjustment of what is happening. When it comes time, if it comes time to use that word, to correct something, you won't be able to help it. Uh, it'll start correcting itself. It'll start happening before you even uh, get out your box of tools. It, it will be, uh, immediately begin to adjust based on uh, really intense clarity around the confusion, around, around the, um, the inventions, the fabrications, lies about what is happening. <clears throat> so give your attention. Generosity. Generosity. If someone is talking to you about something, give them your attention. Listen to what they're saying. Allow yourself to not know what they're saying for as long as you can. Because as soon as you know what they're saying, uh, the, the receiving starts to, uh, starts to shut down. As soon as you think you know what someone's saying. Have you ever had someone, which I'm sure you have, finish your sentence before you're done? Or think that they know what you're going to say before you actually have, are able to complete what you're saying. Always wait for the period or, or wait for some kind of a pause that's obviously the end of someone's statement or communique. Wait for the period. You could do that with your own consciousness as it's proceeding. Wait for the period in your own mind. <clears throat> Any questions so far? Well, you said a, a few minutes ago uh, in training your mind, um, and I think you said something about absorbing ideas that are incorrect. What um, what are ideas that are incorrect? I don't know. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I meant. Is that part of receiving? Yeah. Whatever's happening, you know, you may you may. Something may be coming towards you, and you may see that there's something off about there. So don't, just give it some time. Let the let the entire situation happen before you jump to a conclusion. Quite often, jumping to conclusions, even based on a perception that well, this isn't actually right. I have a not too long ago, I made a statement about something. Um, 
I exaggerated something, but rather than wait to see what it was I was getting at, the person immediately corrected me without realizing I was, because I'm not really a comedian, but without endeavoring to see that I was meant to be funny, meant to be humorous. I think it was something about the number of people in the world, 750 billion or trillion, when really there's only 700 billion. Is that, is that right? <laughs> But I think it was my son that corrected me, which my, all of my children tend to lecture me quite often. Are you listening? <laughs> they tend to, they do, they tell me things and I listen. You can ask any of them, any of them if I'm a good listener. So I listen a lot. So wait, wait, uh, wait for the gap. Wait for, wait for the entire communique to develop and give it some time uh, before you immediately jump in there and start changing it around based on your perception, based on your correct understanding of the situation. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. Yogito. How does that urge to jump in, that impatience, how does that serve our self-centeredness? Well, it just pro pro uh, promotes the person who's hearing, the person who understands, the person's identity. It's just identity politics, wanting to be right. And when we see a chance to be right, we want to nail it. You know, in, in right into their brain pan. Oh, by the way, that was a mistake that you made. There's some places where that's, that kind of thing is really encouraged in the military. It's quite encouraged to, excuse me, be correct. If you see somebody that's incorrect, jump on them, get it, you know, correct it, make sure it's right. Military, uniform code of military justice, which is a ridiculous set of ideas based on separation, separation. And there's there's a right and there's a wrong. We do that in our our uh, social inter uh, interconnected our politics between uh, people between two people. Just between, in a in a in a marriage, you know, there's some kind of right and wrong thing happening happening there all the time. There's an assumption that someone else is wrong, even though there's no particular proof of that. And so we all experience that in different ways. You really can't have uh, an argument of about with someone about something unless you think they're wrong, <laughs> right? Unless you think there's they're, they're, some, they're misunderstanding something, or they're not seeing it your way, or they're not seeing it the correct way, or they're not seeing it how you intended it, and that that very much how we intend something and how somebody receives something, you know, that can end up in all kinds of warfare. So coming back to the original uh, topic is give, give your attention to whatever is arising and give your complete attention. See the colors in it, the shape, the sound, the smell, the taste, the touch, all of the sense fields should be open, not just the thought process, not just hearing the language that's headed this way, but look, if, some, if you're talking to someone, give that person your attention by seeing how, how they are. See, uh, not to interpret, you don't look at someone's posture and see that they're sitting like this and immediately jump to some something else, like, oh, they're being very casual or being very relaxed or someone else who's sitting very kind of, you know, has a scowl on their face. Make that part of the, the intention or the message from that person. It might be, but you could actually give another thing you could give which I ask from my students all the time. What they should give me is what? Benefit of the doubt. There's probably other ways of saying that, but 
Give me the benefit of the doubt. I've been looking at this situation we call a mind, my own mind, other people's minds for a long time. I have some understanding about that, uh, but I don't ask for allegiance or believe everything I say. Or I've said it, and so I must be right, I would say. Give me the benefit of the doubt, but consider, consider what that whole situation is about. Give everything your attention. And when you give everything your attention, then you're in the position to, to actually receive what comes your way. Marla. What would you suggest um, for circumstances where we're dealing with someone we know very well, like maybe a family member, uh -huh. and they tend to go down the same path of rants or vents or complaining? We want to jump in because we've heard it before. But jumping in, of course, uh, as you've been talking about, introduces yeah. our ego and takes away attention. But maybe we don't want to just sit and absorb it again. Is there a more skillful way to deal with that urge to say well, enough? Yeah, well, it would depend on the, uh, the particular situation and, of course, all the other things, who it was. Uh, so many, it would depend on so many things, but... Uh, um, you know, without, excuse me, without getting into some kind of protocol about what you should do, um, you could bring it up at another time. You could bring it up 20 minutes later, two hours later, in another context altogether when you were talking about your, you know, say it was your mate, particular, in particular, it might be, might not be, but say in another situation, then change it back into that where you have the say so about, say, I'd like to talk about something with you concerning uh, the way we're communicating, thinking about both of you, and say the way I'm trying to understand what's happening with you and the way I'm endeavoring to, you know, give a little bit of a preamble about to lay the groundwork. I'll see if we'll find a handkerchief here. So to lay the, lay the groundwork a little bit. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And so, you know, I, I'm not sure how that would fit, but a little bit like that, and then say, I've noticed that when you when you have a lot of, you know, you're kind of charged about some particular thing, you get quite expressive about it, and it's, you seem to do the same thing over and over again. And you could you could ask them what uh, about that? How does it feel? How does that feel for you? Uh, rather than go into your own negativity about when you do that, I really feel like crap. <laughs> I'm just I'm just getting tired of listening to you all whine and complain. And, moan about everything. So rather than go there, maybe go into the how they feel about it. Say, what kind of feeling is underneath? I can tell you're really upset. So maybe go in with uh, the idea. And I'm sure you actually do, con you are concerned about them, but quite often the kind of what has been said, the knee-jerk thing is to go in and say, knock it off. You know, you keep saying that over and over again. So maybe that would be a way uh, to work with that. Um, I think less is better. And so just just uh, working with a little bit and give give them an opportunity to talk a little bit about what's what they're going through and probably if they're doing that they're suffering you're probably not going to change them but you might change the dynamic between the two of you to, to try to open up a little bit different way of talking about it thank you okay you should help more with that i understand what you're saying further questions Shoka. what do you mean the dynamic might change uh well you've already changed the dynamic because you're going back into a, a topic that the he she they just covered because they were in charge and they were the ones who was ranting to, to use we could use that word i guess that you've changed it you've gone back and you're gone you've gone back into the 
the topic or the subject matter slowly, but you haven't you you're not you're not objecting to a rant. You're just going in to discuss what showed up as a rant, but it was about a particular topic that that person perhaps was unhappy about. So you're you're coming around the through the side window to talk about that rather than right through the some kind of challenging situation. So take the challenge out of it and bring it into everyone has, has some intelligence and probably wants to learn, understand, and especially if you're being uh, respectful of them, not no no criticism of them, then then perhaps you could go in and talk and then, then they might get a, you know, you, the, the things that would show up for them might be something like, yeah, I guess I am being kind of over the top of that, you know. Then, then it's more than their awareness is you're kind of talking about it a little bit, but then they get to be the one who sees that rather than you point it out and they, and, and that which triggers all of their childish fears about being taken over by aliens <laughs> or by, by authority figure by, you know, some people have a lot of resistance to authority. So if you try to come in with the slightest finger pointing happening, everything shuts down, all the opening shut down, all the understanding. They can be the most reasonable person around, and yet when they get challenged, they're not reasonable anymore. So, coming in from the side, more? When someone's triggered by that uh, apparent authority, um, how, how do you lose the war once you're in that? Again, please? How does someone lose the war when they feel like they're being challenged? Are you talking about that person losing the war, or are you losing the war? Um, myself. Yeah, just when you lose a war, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to see that. They might be too clouded up with their own aggression or whatever. Just lose the war by not not having to win. You don't need to win. You don't need to be on top. Even though uh, there's a little side message going along, say, you know, you're really right about this. They're just not understanding. You're the one who's being uh, disrespected. Or so there's all kinds of just don't ignore it. Give it your attention, but don't buy it. When you buy something, you stop being a, you stop attending to it. You actually, you know, you put it in the grocery bag and you're out the door. You bought it. Don't do anything with it. Just let it let it lay on the table. Let it be. Let it be there. And losing a war is is uh, means uh, have a willingness to to feel like uh, your uh, how, that could show up lots of different ways. But have a have a feeling that you don't have to get some kind of satisfaction out of it. You can feel the difficulty and you don't have to cover it up with I win or cover it up with they're wrong or cover it up with any kind of conclusion. As I've said uh, in other talks, uh, include, don't conclude. Include everything, include include everything as much as you can. Or anyone else? Yes, sir. Joseph. For this question, is there is there a good use of authority? Yeah, of course. So, Someone, uh, I'm I'm the abbot here, so I'm basically the authority. But I don't become authoritative unless uh, unless nothing else works, unless something needs to get done, and everything else is kind of going this way and that way, and this needs to get done. We need to we need to buy a new furnace. You know, we need to stop repairing that furnace. We need to just get a new one. So then, someone has to say that. Someone has to like with the bathrooms over in the Karma House, which we're installing. Um, uh, I basically said, this is what we're doing. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody heard me, but there's bathrooms going in there. But I tend to do it in a way that, that, that includes people. So I, if someone is 
fearful or still trying to should we or shouldn't we then i just uh, i'm not interested in uh encouraging uh what masquerades as clarity when it's actually confusion so there but authority should happen out of what what has been called panoramic awareness of the of all the inter various uh uh, things that are arising that are all grasping at itself, all trying to be something, all trying to be important, including the people, but also the ideas, so that so that someone is who is in that position, then um, if that person really understands what that's about, is not just do it, doing it as a sense of or doing for self-aggrandizement or to be the, the person in charge. It's not just about identity, but if, if it's about a fundamental understanding of everything, where at some point there needs to be a captain of the ship. And then when, when that's not necessary, that captain can go right back into the floorboards. But that's, that situation is always ready to arise. And it's ready to arise because the awareness is so strong. Awareness is primary, not a person who is in charge. The awareness is primary, then, then it may look like nobody's running things. It may, it may look like I can't really find uh, the, the person who's in charge. So, and then, then there'll come a time when there needs to be, somebody needs to, somehow something needs to be done about this, this, it's just going this way and, and everyone is not sure they can't see enough, don't have enough evidence to go this way or go that way. And so they're, they're all the energy is going into looking for evidence. A person who is uh, who, a true authority doesn't need evidence. You're looking for evidence. This is a very low level of making decisions. So, so how do we avoid the, the sickness you were talking about in the military? Mm -hmm. To me, what you just said, a general could use that same argument or that same point of view. So what is the difference between the healthy authority and... So in the military, which I spent some time in, and uh, uh, is the whole structure of it from the beginning is built on a really strong relative authority and on a uniform code of military justice which has a really strong pecking order. It's just incredibly strong. And so you, there, there is no room for subjectivity there. So at least it was my experience. It was so, so, and when I was in there, I was submerged by it. I didn't know what to make of the whole thing. It was just very confusing. But looking back on that, the only thing you could really do is to change that way, change the way of working with that. This is something Trungpa Rinpoche tried to do with his Dorje Kasam or Bajragard. He tried to create an, uh, a military arm of an enlightened society. And I don't think he was very successful at that. So, you know, he tried, but uh, it's still military. I was in it, so I, I also, uh, reluctantly, I went into that too, because I, he was my teacher, so I went into it. But it's a, and the, the Zen tradition is quite often partially because of the macho kind of culture that comes out of ancient Japan. Again, I'm talking about right or wrong, just the way the structure of the society was set up. Um, and then um, making decisions or thing, uh, awareness out of understanding, out of clarity, means that you're going to have to witness a lot of really negative things happening without doing anything about them. That takes a lot of discipline, which I'm going to be talking about today, I think. And that discipline just means container. It means you know what the container is, and the container is always ready to shift to anything that needs containment. And that containment needs to operate in terms of awareness and not in terms of um, control. 
More? Okay. Anyone else? Yes. How can we recognize confusion that's masquerading as clarity? Again, please. How can we recognize confusion that's masquerading as clarity? I just think it's all over the place. Um, usually the masquerade part comes if the, if the person or situation, if there's just a situation, you know you need this needs to be done or this needs to happen or not happen. If there's a if there's a lot of propaganda behind it, a lot of relative truth trying to back up because of this. Well, you need to do this. You shouldn't do that because of this, because of that. All of the all of the strategizing around it is is the, is it's more about somebody wanting to be in control rather than somebody having the fundamental welfare of the entire situation. Quite often, uh, most people can't see the entire situation. They, the, the fundamental welfare would just show up as, I'm okay, you're okay, instead of everything. Everything you can possibly see needs to be, uh, the, what's the expression for that? It used to be uh, uh, raising all boats at the same time or something like that. It's kind of a, you know, it's what you do actually supports everyone. It's the kind of the swear word for that these days is socialism. But I think what socialism points to, I think it's great. It means that we all help each other. It doesn't mean we have a dictator in charge of a bunch of people. Then it's not the Communist Party necessarily. But we have a, this this uh, this environment here is very socialist, wouldn't you say, on some level? It's just like you kind of know that I'm the abbot or the person in charge, but yet you know you don't feel a particular heavy hand that I know of, and you're all also you're you, you're you know, you're welcome to leave and go do something else that would be more supportive to what it is you're trying to do. So we'd all have to be kind of on the same frequency. We all have to be trying to understand each other and trying to be, how can we really be not only kind to ourselves, kind to others, especially people who are who are having a lot of difficulty and that difficulty is manifest as attacking others or being rude to others and so on. So less is better because when you say less that means there's less going on less going on so when there's less going on there's a lot more room a lot more space to be able to see what just what's going on this is this needs to be happening here it has to be happening because it started over here and it has not finished this track yet but if you're adding in your ideas your opinions your discursiveness your analysis to everything it just it just you might as well just be reaching in the bottom of a pond and looking for fish and then just getting tired of looking for them and you start feeling for them. And of course, all the silt comes up again. Uh, not a very clear metaphor, but it's like that. It feels like that. If you get too aggressive about finding evidence of the truth, then you just, you know, you're, you disturb all the other things that would have been in a state of tranquility had you not started putting your motivation ahead of the basic uh, uh, dynamic that was already the case, which is everything is in a state of quiescence all the time. Or the way you notice that you're upset as it happens in a very flat pond, you notice that you're, you're a bubble in the middle of this. I'm glad I made myself so clear. Yes. When we see confusion, yes. is there something else we need to see in order to be clear? I don't think it's a something else. I think just look at the confusion. Nothing lasts. Very teaching, uh, the Buddhist teaching is everything is impermanent. Everything is in distress or suffering or having difficulty or there's tension. 
and everything is without a solid center, a solid uh, um, subjectivity or self. And so if we just take the first one, everything is impermanent, even your worst fear, pain, suffering can't last. It will last longer if you fight with it, if you agree with it, if you disagree with it, if you shut down on it, it's probably going to have more of a momentum to it. But if you do nothing with it, really what you're watching is you watch it just collapse back into the status quo. Go ahead. Are things fluctuating between confusion and clarity? Uh, actually, nothing is doing anything. It's the mind that fluctuates between those. Because actually seeing clarity isn't exactly seeing clarity. If you see clarity, then that's just uh, confusion when it looks really clear. And if you see confusion, that's just clarity when it looks really confused. I'm glad I could help you with that. <laughs> do you follow me even a little bit? There isn't anything but this. How do, how do I point to this? By pointing to anything. If you can see something, then I'll point to that. Another question, yes. Robert? Do you then recognize the duality of your mind? Yeah. You see that you're always looking for this or that, or this or that, or this or that. It's always this or that, right or wrong, yes or no. I keep coming back to the point you made, which I found very interesting, that if we are making decisions and acting out of clarity, there will be negative circumstances and negative things that we witness. And I took you to mean, because we're acting out of clarity and we're not inserting ourselves in our ego and in everything, maybe we let some of that negativity happen mm -hmm. because um, our interference with it or our interaction with it wouldn't be appropriate or it would be diluted. Could can be. you say more about that? I can just say that less is better. And so you, sometimes they say, well, pick your battles. So try to, try to stay with as big a picture as possible. That's difficult. Especially if we're feeling threatened, if they're feeling something that is immediate that needs our attention right now, we need to do something about it. We can't let this go on. That kind of uh, commentary or something will kind of rattle us and make us jump out of our serenity into some other dynamic because we feel the call to adjust it, fix it, repair it, address it, manipulate it. So there may be times when you... You see, you see so much that you don't bother with those the, the smaller things that are moving there. They're gonna they're gonna run out of energy eventually, probably. Uh, some of them will not. Some of the really on the world scene, some of the things that are going on are pretty difficult to for us to as individuals to step into something and stop, you know, atomic war, which is fairly likely right now. Not gonna happen for sure, but it doesn't look good. For any of you who watch the news at all, even the news is uh, not all that clear on it. But what do we do? Uh, you know, I say all, not not to take our eyes off from all that. Sure, we should look at it, but if we should we should work with what we can work with, which is our mind. Sit down and train train your mind to see as clearly as possible. So when you get up off the cushion, you're not adding to that con confusion by arguing with people about things that are that are more about self-centered, who's right, who's wrong, who's Republican, who's Democrat, who's a libertarian, and that, that all that whole thing is just so messed up. <laughs> so I don't say I don't say you shouldn't listen to it or participate on some level, but here, receive, listen to what people are saying, listen to what's happening, receive. Give your attention to what's happening and then receive it as it is rather than receive it as you slowly start to change it into what you think it should be or shouldn't be 
with your judgment. So it comes laminated with your judgment. So you can't really see what it is. Difficult. Have, have a situation going on, personal situations that I'm doing that very thing, watching how I jump to conclusions about things rather than just just look at what it is. Don't Don't add any kind of odds and ends on there about this is happening, so that must mean that's what we tend to do. Ego does that. Ego tends to want to have something else. We are interacting with someone and we are irritated. Then, does giving our attention to the irritation take away from giving our attention to the other person? Not necessarily. I think I think it's a little of each. So we, we feel the irritation, and we and don't add to it like I wish that would go away. We start to do that, then then we're we're actually probably protect, perpetuating it to some extent. I don't know that for sure. It's not like a, that's always going to be the case. But just do as much as you can. Do do the best you can. The more that you do sitting meditation, you are actually stretching, training your mind, stretching your awareness to just be with whatever is arising. Stuff comes and it goes away. And it comes and it goes away. And your body is just sitting here. And that aspect of the body uh, called the mind uh, is... Uh, is t taken off and taken off this way and taken off that way. But, the, but it always has to re return to stillness, which is returning to this stillness, which is not an accomplishment because it, it can't be like an accomplishment. Like I used to be really crazy. Finally, I'm still. Finally, I'm just just me. So, so it's a, but it's about the awareness that sees what is true rather than some kind of grasping or clinging or locking down on something that's uh, true. Nothing lasts. Thank you so much. I'd like to remind everybody about our donation boxes that are in the hallway. Also, our ability to accept donations online. We appreciate all of your help. We bear this penetrating to all places so that we, every sentient being, together can relate.